0: This is Crowcast, the podcast from Crow in the UK, a leading audit, tax, advisory and risk firm with global reach and local expertise. In our podcast, you will hear from our specialists, offering insight and pragmatic advice to businesses of all sizes, professional practices, non-profit organisations, pension funds and private clients. Hello and welcome to this special episode of Crowcast, which is being run as part of our larger listed programme. My name is Emma Locken, I'm a corporate tax partner at Crow and in this episode I'm delighted to be joined by Yasmin and Seb from our workforce advisory team and Yasmin and Seb help organisations manage workforce costs and related compliance. So welcome to both of you.
1: Thanks Emma, thanks for the introduction, Uh, good to be here with you.
0: Thanks, Emma. Happy to be here. Um, So today we're going to be talking about the current environment and the challenges that we're seeing in the workplace. And I think there's probably a few areas that that are quite sort of pertinent at the moment. We've got wage inflation, which um, has not been seen for a generation. So obviously that leads to rising payroll costs. Um, We've got a really tight labour market um, and hiring and retention is really difficult at the moment. And I think thirdly, there's a real reset following the pandemic on what work means in the context of of our everyday lives. So agility, flexibility. um, And and I think these two aspects, um, uh, you know, have never been as important as they are in the workplace today today. So, Yasmin, um, if we can take agility and flexibility first, what are you seeing with your clients?
2: So, at the moment, we're seeing a lot of international and cross-border workers with our clients. I don't think there's really a day that goes by without seeing something that relates to remote workers. There are two concepts of international workers. One is work from anywhere, which is when someone goes on holiday to somewhere like Dubai and then they choose to stay an extra week and work from there. The second concept is cross order remote workers, which is led by design. So someone is actually sent to go work from abroad. We recently conducted some research on remote working with various companies with total headcount of approximately 1.5 million. What we found was that the drivers for remote working was point of origination and where their extended families resided. So it was quite interesting to see the outcome of that research and what was the real drivers of remote working. Remote working keeps us really busy every day and there's lots of things to consider. Um, Some of the things are like policies, taxes, labour law, in which locations payroll should be set up, if any, um, if there's any data protection rules and regulations and many more considerations that should be considered when sending someone abroad. Remote working is really an extension of agility and flexibility spurred on with the fact that workforces are so international at the moment. And I guess actually it's really interesting when you mention the international
0: aspects um, as well, because I think um, you know, there are some issues that, that sort of crop up no not only um in the sort of workforce advisory space, but also legal, corporate tax compliance. You know, there's a lot of things that, that sort of companies need to consider when you're looking at sort of cross-border remote working. Um, so coming to you, Seb, um, how are you seeing flexibility and agility and, and what should employers look out for?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So as we've already touched on, there's an absolute massive demand for flexible working at the moment. Um, you know, that that reset following the pandemic um, and also the the tight labour markets in terms of hiring and retaining the the top talent um, are really driving that. Um what employers do need to look out for though is that these um working from anywhere or flexible working arrangements can create um unexpected or hidden costs for employers um now a lot of employers and employees are mistaking the ability to work from home um just in their everyday you know by choice um for genuine home working arrangements um and where um employers are agreeing to reimburse expenses um, for say ordinary commuting or for employees who work from home to travel to their permanent workplace, Um, they're creating um, unexpected tax and NIC liabilities um, and often they're not um, fulfilling their obligations in terms of withholding and and paying that national insurance. because typically, um, when reimbursing expenses for business travel, there's, there's no tax or or NIC consequences. Um, where those costs are being reimbursed by employers, um, as I say, tax and NIC should be deducted, um, and employees wouldn't necessarily be happy with that. Nobody wants to receive, um, you know, an expense reimbursement that's then subject to tax and NIC. Um, and this means employers are having to kind of incentivize, um employees and and tell them that they'll pay the tax on it uh, meaning that they're having to gross up these costs. Um, Grossing up these costs can nearly double um, the actual cost of reimbursing the amount uh, especially where employees um, are paying 45% tax rates Mm -hmm. Um, so employers agreeing to um, pay those costs um, need to be careful and and consider how much they're actually going to end up having to pay in addition to the expense reimbursements also, that's a
0: huge, that's a huge cost potentially, isn't it, Seb?
1: Yeah, a- a- absolutely. A- as well as that, if um, if they are failing to deduct the right tax and NIC, um, and HMRC, you know, look into um, this area, which they are doing following the pandemic, um, then as well as any income tax and national insurance liabilities, employers could be subject to um, late payment interest um, and also, you know, uh, payment penalties for. For potential careless behaviours um so this is really you know somewhere that employers should be you know focusing on and making sure they're getting their processes right
2: Mm, mm,
0: absolutely and and presumably asmin these issues about commuting and permanent workplace apply in other countries too is that right
2: yeah definitely um these issues apply in other countries as well. It's not just the UK. Um, The rules aren't exactly the same, but when we do cross-border advice, we can see how similar things can be. So I think it's safe to assume the same technical issues are cropping up in other countries as well. Um, For example, when an employee is home-based, what can be reimbursed tax-free is something that employers and employees are always keen to know. Um, some countries go a bit further. For example, in Spain, they have a concept of remote working allowance that most employers pay. So there are really different rules in different locations. I think there is a uh, commonality in rules. Things like how you t- determine employed versus self-employed in many countries is quite similar. It's not just the UK issue um and very glad you raised employed and
0: um versus self employees yasmin um so Seb, with an eye on on sort of rising payroll costs i know employers are looking at using contractors um you know are they cheaper than employees is that something you see often
1: yeah, I guess overall, um, the typical answer with, you know, when it comes to taxes it it depends. Um, you know, on a case by case basis it can be assessed. Um what we can say for definite is where organizations get stuff wrong, um, it definitely can end up being a lot more expensive. Um, particularly for medium and large organizations, um, off payroll working rules, um, which are you know are in when when working with contractors or um limited companies um at Uh, individuals working through limited companies, um, it becomes the engaging organisation's responsibility to determine their employment status, whereas, you know, for small organisations, this obligation sits with the individual's uh, private limited company. If the relevant processes and determinations are not in place um, and the engaging business fails to, to meet its obligations, they become liable to the unpaid income tax employee and employer's national insurance, and again, potential um, penalties and late payment interest. Um, There's been, you know, a a wider focus in this area again recently from HMRC as over the last 18 months, um, there was, you know, the government changes proposed and then subsequently revoked. Um, So we'd recommend that, you know, organisations really review this area Mm -hmm. um, and make sure um, they're they're compliant um, because y- yeah this is a a real focus area from HMRC mm. and additional costs can um, soon add up.
0: And, and and can employers manage those rising tax costs in other ways, Seb?
1: Yeah, so I guess there are ways to help save those costs um, through providing certain benefits through salary sacrifice. Um, that that's the kind of main t- way to to provide benefits in a in a more tax efficient way. Um, So salary sacrifice is an arrangement between an employee and their employer, um, and the employee gives up some of their gross salary um, in return for a non-cash benefit. Um, We see this mainly for uh, being beneficial in two areas, which is uh, pension contributions um, and particularly for electric vehicles. What happens in a salary sacrifice is that the employees take home pay effectively increases because they're not paying um, tax on that gross salary that they um, are giving up. Um, But they're paying tax on either uh, they're either paying no tax on the pension contribution or they're paying tax on the company car benefit for an electric vehicle, which is um, a lot lower than the and than the gross pay. it is a highly efficient way to provide attractive benefits to employees, um, and it can also help with retention and recruitment of employees. You know, as we mentioned, um, with the difficulties in hiring that top talent.
0: Um, and and Yasmin, if I can pose the same question to you, and um, and get your insights on how you see employers managing those rising costs.
2: Yeah, so for us, our focus is really on cross-border employees and the employee movement. So things we consider is how you pay your employees, what tax statuses are elected for, what where Social Security is paid. These things can make a really big difference to the overall costs to the employer. For example, a third of payroll costs can be employer payroll taxes. So if there's ways of reducing them, the saving can be large. We can also help clients look at various structures that people are employed and mobilized into and suggest ways to changing it just to reduce the costs for the employer. For example, you'll be surprised at how many countries have expatriate tax concessions, but you just have to ensure that the planning is done in advance so you can make sure that you can meet any deadlines so you can utilize these concessions and make these tax savings. Equally, people are quite surprised by how much higher social security costs are in some European countries and accidentally triggering them through remote workers would be a most unwelcome and costly surprise, which would be useful for employers to get ahead of um, and be aware of so they can mitigate these costs. Thank you, Yasmin. Um, So, I guess we've... We've discussed
0: quite um, a lot um, in this podcast and and can I sort of ask each of you finally for sort of one final thought or or one sort of nugget that you would like to to leave people with? So if I can go to you first, Seb.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I guess, as as Yasmin just touched on there, uh, my main point would be um, plan ahead uh, and get those compliance processes in place. some costs in terms of you know managing workforce and remunerating workforce are always going to be unavoidable um, such as wages um, employers national insurance um, however the the biggest savings are going to be uh, mitigating those avoidable costs um, so wh- where you're making filings make sure they're on time so there's no late filing penalties making payments of pay as you earn tax national insurance all on time to mitigate late payment interest um, that that would be the key focus point, really. It, it, it's really to, you know, uh, mitigate any unnecessary costs for the workforce.
2: And Yasmin, any final comment from you? Yeah, so I think remote working is an area that's just increasingly growing and it doesn't look like it's slowing down anytime soon. So I think it's really crucial for employers to provide clear guidance and support to their employees and just ensure that a policy is in place. So it's clear for the employees what the company rules are on remote working so the employees are clear on what to expect and what can and can't be done. Um, I think it's also key to plan. Uh, cross-border employee moves before they're mobilized to the country to ensure enough planning has been done to ensure compliance is in place. And so the company doesn't bear any unnecessary extra cost. And I think with early planning as well, as I mentioned before, it allows key setup um, steps to be taken so no deadlines are missed, so you can utilize all these concessions and everything that are in place in various countries. And I think the last thing just to consider is rules differ from country to country. So local tax expertise should be sought to ensure things like tax implications and social security implications and any other implications, Um, like you mentioned, Emma, earlier about PE risk or any corporate risk. um, All these implications should be clear from the outset. So this is something that we at Crow can help in all aspects if needed. Brilliant. Thank you both. That's been really insightful and uh, lots to think about
0: there. Um, So that brings us to the end of this episode. Um, I'd just like to thank you, Yasmin and Seb, for taking the time to to join us today. And thank you to all of you for for taking the time um, to listen. And and we hope you found the discussion helpful. Um, And of course, you can find out more details um, on our website, crow.co.uk. And do join us again for our next Crowcast. Tune in next time for another episode of Crowcasts. For more information about Crow, our services, industries we advise and insights, visit crow.co.uk. We are an independent member of Crow Global, one of the top 10 accounting networks in the world. You can connect with us on social media by following Crow UK on LinkedIn or at Crow UK on Twitter.